Good evening, everybody. Two guys from Happy Pastors, two guys who just happen to be pastors, coming at you a lot. Well, not really live anymore. You're hearing this later on after we've recorded it. I'm Pastor Matt He, Strong Community Chapel. Join with me, as always, the the devilishly handsome and the uh, the James Bond lookalike contender of 1999, Pastor Glenn Davis. Now don't you start that with me. I got a bone to pick with you. You always have a so, bone. You have a bone. Well, it's not really with you. It's just with all young people. I've all been young dis- people. You know, I've been uh, discovering since I'm working at a high school now. For those of you who don't know, I work at the local high school here now. I've been working at elementary for the last decade or so. Um, none of you young people know Jack. Did you know that? I'm, I'm ready to sell oh, okay. my lawn and overalls and tell y'all to stay out of my garbage. Well, I, I mean, I'm serious. Well, okay, what don't we know is the question. What, now, what, they, one thing that we don't know. How do children not remember the fall of the Berlin Wall? Well, Have they never heard of it? 9-11. Bill Clinton's... Uh, you would think Bill, people would know about Bill Clinton's impeachment considering what it involved... Well, think people would be all over it. I met a group of high schoolers who are mischievous little scamps who've never seen Team America World Police. That hurts me. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Now you see why I got the bone to pick with you. Well, it's well. Uh, so wait, so just because I'm younger than you, I have to carry the torch for all yes, young people. Yes, dang it. This is You're not the only one I can yell at. This is crap right here. I don't. No, 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 no. Look here. It is not my responsibility to teach these children. You sound like Cain. Am I my brother's keeper? (laughs) (laughs) Little Bible reference. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. We are two pastors, so might as well throw a little bit of the Bible stuff at you. No, I directed those arrows a little too hard at you, but... uh, no, I've just been mesmerized by what by the amount of stuff that kids don't know anymore. Well, it's like the old Tim Wilson bit. You know, he said, Sir, I don't remember Abraham Lincoln being inaugurated, but I read a book, you know. <laughs> Lincoln's but, out of, Lincoln was before my time, but I read a book. You know, it's it's one of those... It, it sh- remember fair and young? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to... Now, I, I said it. So, uh, fair and young, I believe, uh, was a piano... Was he, did he play with Elvis... Pierre Fernand, he was a guitar player. Well, I know he had some hits, and the he, story goes, as told by Tim Wilson and Wikipedia, you can look this yes, up, it's common knowledge. He did play with Elvis. Uh, he had a song called That Little Girl, mm-hmm. and he was bringing a little 10-year-old girl up on stage in a five, three to 5,000-seat auditorium, and he claims the little girl spit on him, and he whipped the teetotaling crap. Yep. Out of a ten-year-old girl in front of five thousand, three to five thousand people. It's it's quite possibly one of the greatest moments in country music history. Um, if it ain't true, it ought to be. It's Fair Young was he died fairly young. He was in his late thirties, I think, early forties when he died. He played Hello Walls. Hello Walls was his big one. Uh, dad, my dad's a huge fan of him, and Lord help me, about five six years ago, we bought him. Talking about th- kids who don't know anything. Um, back when CDs were popular, you know, so it might have been more than five years ago, we bought him a CD of Fair and Young, and he played that thing on repeat. And the tr- every time he got in the truck with him, that thing was playing. I'm sorry, I like Fair and Young, but I don't like him that much. I don't love. Uh, I don't love Fair and Young. I like him. Speaking of which, of great country music, you probably saw on my Facebook page. Um, 
Facebook is a social media application for those of you who are too young to know. Oh, yeah, I. Gosh, the more and more we talk and the more and more we mention things, we are kind of. I'll tell you what, you'd be astonished all the kids that aren't on Facebook. See, that's. Because they're doing the Instagrams and the Twitters and the. The, the Tweeters and the, the TikTok. The TikToks and the, the, this other crap I've never heard of that scares me. You know, there's a great line by uh, Grandpa Simpson says, I used to be cool, but now the things I thought were cool aren't cool anymore. And the things that are cool are scary, and I don't understand that. <laughs> It'll happen to you. <laughs> it's, it does. But it, it does. You know, I, I went to bed at 25, and I woke up today two weeks from 37. That's, it goes fast. Well, how do you think I feel? I'm creeping up. What is it? We're in May, June, July. I'm less than th- about three months away from saying goodbye to my 20s. I'm, I'm pretty close to saying goodbye to my 30s, and that depresses the frick out of me. I, uh, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I don't know what to do with it. I don't. I, I, and it never bothered me, Matt. Hand to God, it never bothered me till 36. 36 has really? bugged the crap out of me. Really? Because I'm, I'm halfway, I'm over halfway to 40. And it just, it bugs me. I, it would kind of, it smacked and, you, you know, like a I, ton of bricks. I look at myself, I don't have any gray whiskers yet. No. And, uh, you know, I've been bald since about 24, 25, so that doesn't really bother me. It's just the time. Yeah. The time that's gone by and the people that are gone that used to be here. And, yeah, it it catches up with you. It's, I mean, you think you back. Know, the last, last couple of weeks, I really need to talk to Jim Nichols and he ain't here. Yeah. You know, it's just, you, you got to learn to deal. And there's, I've become that guy for other people now. Absolutely. That's why I go to a therapist because I ain't got Jim to sit there. Well, now, Glenn. So. <laughs> I can only do so much, Glenn. Yeah. I know it. But, but uh, no. You know, when you, need to, when you need to hear from someone who's been there. Exactly. And those people for me are just so few and far between now. I've become that guy, and I don't mind being that guy. I rather enjoy it. But, uh, you know, when you... My dad talked about this to me a lot when I was a younger man, because his dad died in 87. Mm -hmm. My dad was a fairly young... He was 36 when he lost his dad. And my dad tells me all the time, he's like, you know, you learn to be self-reliant. You learn to be a man... But you miss having the opportunity to be a son. Exactly. And man, I'm I'm feeling that. It it, it hits. You know, I was I, for some. We must be, we must we must be synced up or something. I don't know. We always we are. we always are. But I'll tell you, the last like three or four weeks, you know, I've I've been well. What started it off was a couple weeks ago. I hurt my shoulder moving cattle. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it it was bad. Cows it's, are jerks, man. They are, man. If you spent two weeks in a cattle barn, you'd understand why we eat them. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even about the taste. It's just you rotten. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was one. I I looked at the one who did it, and I said, if I had a gun and a knife, you'd be on the rack by the morning. But uh, think of that when you're eating your hamburger in the morning or tomorrow. So remember, it's not just meat. It's it's murder. It's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had that happen, and. It's it's taken me a long time to get over it. Like, Did you go to the chiropractor? I haven't gone to the chiropractor yet, but I am. I mean, it's not bad. I was gonna go this week, and then this week kind of fell apart real quick. But I, it's made me start thinking, and I guess it happens. Everybody says, "Oh, it happens in your late twenties." You start thinking of your mortality. You start thinking of the things that you know. Where did ten years go? 
not that long ago, I was, you know, footloose, fancy free. I mean, you know, I was bebopping around. I was dating. I was on the single life. And now I'm married, have a kid, a mortgage, and shoulder pain. Well, I... I gotta tell you real quick, I went to the chiropractor, got about 10 years of people being up my rear end, taking mm. out my lower back, so <laughs> he says, uh, take a deep breath now, give it to me, and I, I saw Jesus for a moment, and he <laughs> said, not yet, I come back, <laughs> I got a good, I, my upper back, my shoulders and whatnot, boy, he, he knows how to get a hold of them, mm. I just, you know, it's the only place I've ever gone to where I really enjoyed it, getting tears. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, when he gets my upper back, I have to lay there a minute. I can't even talk. Yeah. Because it just takes your breath away. Oof. But then everything, you feel your blood flow, you feel your muscles, everything just starts to feel right. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm okay. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. But oh, oh yeah. It kind of resets and starts flowing right, and you're like, ah, there we go. That's where the seat spot is. But I mean, I, I don't know. And it really. I real it really dawned on me again last week uh, about ha- just how old I am. Twenty nine doesn't seem like that old. Thirty doesn't seem like it's that old. Nope, and anybody over the age of seventy right now is screaming at us. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I am halfway to seventy four, which depresses me to death. So, <laughs> so my dad is seventy two, and I'm like, I'm halfway there. Uh, I don't know how okay with that. <laughs> well, I mean. I went to the Garth Brooks concert in the great Notre yeah, Dame did. Stadium. Yeah, you did. Oh my gosh, best! I I have to I have to I had to move some stuff on the shelf. Quite possibly the best show I've ever seen. Doesn't matter what it is, it it was the best show that I've ever seen. Garth prides himself. He said he wants to be the best show you've ever seen. Uh, and I can understand why he is the number one country music, or not even the country music, the number one artist. So, top selling artists of all time, 145 million albums. I don't even think the Beatles have done that. It's probably close. It could be, but. I mean, he, he, he was selling albums on top for what, 15, 20 years? Yeah, and, and he started in eight. Yeah. The live albums he's done and all the stuff that's been purchased out there. And he still insists on the whole album getting bought, which yeah. is why he, you can't get him on iTunes. Yeah. He's on the Amazon music. Yeah. Which, it's worth the twelve ninety nine for me to be able to, to pull up anything I want. Well, Lauren's got the Prime and all that other, and apparently Amazon Music comes with it. So yes. I've had it on yeah. my phone for a long time. And it wasn't until I looked for Earth Brooks on iTunes, I realized that's where it was. And I was like, well, we'll just take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, on, there's one Garth Brooks song you can find on iTunes. And it's a duet with him and Chris Ledoux of What You Gonna Do With a Cowboy. That's the only Garth Brooks song that you can find. Trisha Yearwood might have. There's a there's a duet in another's eyes. He might be on that. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, get. I don't like. But you think back about all the stuff that you've seen, not just in the last ten years for me, your entire life in thirty years, thirty seven years for you, the stuff that we have seen is. Again, today's kids have no idea about it. They have no clue. No, and, and another Tim Wilson quote. It's like, sorry, kid, rock and roll's done. You missed it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. I mean... Well, no, if you, if you listen to 
because I have a couple times. Uh, not on purpose, I just couldn't get my phone to sync up to the crappy software in my car. <laughs> you, know, you listen to radio mm-hmm. today, like contemporary stations. The music, even the country ones, are playing music from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Because the tune, the tune, the music of it, is appealing and it sells. And if kids ask me at school, Mr. Davis, can we play some music? And I'm like, can you play some music or can I? They're like, can we? I'm like, no. No. Because it all sounds like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I love cheese. It's boom, boom, boom. That's what it all sounds like. And that's pretty like. much it, Yeah. I mean, there's been a few hits. To all you contemporary musicians out there, because Lord knows we got a big following. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, try harder, and I won't make fun of you. I mean, you're allowed to make fun of me. I don't give a flying crap. I mean, Glenn's fat, yeah, and. It, well, I mean, have you seen that video on Facebook? Of, but you know, to quote uh, Roger Ebert real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow I could be seventy pounds lighter, and you're still going to have to produce that crap that's coming out of your mouth. Okay? So. <laughs> He said that about a movie. Some guy said, well, Roger Ebert's fat. Why do I care what he thinks? He said, yep. And tomorrow I can lose 30 pounds, and you'll still have made that crappy movie. So, <laughs> shout out to Roger Ebert. God rest That's, his soul. Oh, man. That was, I remember him, um, Siskel and Ebert, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. They both, unfortunately, passed away. Both of them Did Siskel die, too? He had stomach cancer. He's been Re- a long time. Really? I guess I didn't realize Roger that. Ebert. I think lived another 12, 15 years after Okay. That. So. I just, for some reason, I just thought they just kind of. Gene Siskel always looked younger. He always he looked. He did, like, yeah. But he got stomach cancer, I think. And yeah. Okay. But I mean, you again, the time frame, you think about some of the people that are gone. I mean, Rush Limbaugh died. Bill Paxton died. I'm just Don't, like. Oh, Bill Paxton still pains me to this day. He would be in the, the Four Sixes show. If he was still around. Absolutely. You, know you don't think that he'd be in the Yellowstone universe at all? No. They got Sam Elliott in that thing, all right? You don't think that Twister Chaser, Bill, Billy the Extreme, is not going to be in the Four Sixes show? I well, just. That one always creeps up on me, too, and it's amazing that it's been 11 years because I watched it happen live on TV. That the guy who Bill Paxton was portraying mm-hmm. in Twister. Tim Samaras passed away in 2011 in the El Reno tornado. A lot, a lot yeah, of people don't yeah, know that. Yeah. Because I tell people that, and they're like, wow, really? I'm like, how do you people it's, not know that stuff? I mean, I mean, it's it's just, we've they're like, seen... well, I was six. I'm like, I was six, and I knew Tim Samaras was Twister. Come on! I mean, it's not... Because I read an article yeah. in National Geographic that was about that yeah. wrote about who was behind Twister and it talked about putting probes in front of tornadoes when nobody put probes in no. front of tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, that was and that yeah, I can't. That was eleven. I I saw a thing because it's coming up. It was May. It was uh, May thirteenth. We just passed it. Yeah. Uh, I think May thirteenth might have been the more tornado. I think El Reno's in the twenties. But I, yeah. I'll look up the date yeah. here as we're talking. But, um, but yeah, I can't believe that was 11 years ago. And you ask kids, if you haven't heard? It was the biggest tornado ever recorded. You've never heard of it? No. I'm like, you need to watch the Weather Channel or something. What's the matter with you kids? I mean, at least just start Weather off. Weather Channel's and... boring. Not no. Not it's not. No. And when they show the extreme weather and all that. I mean, it's one of those. I mean, it's just, first and foremost, if you're going to do that, you gotta start. You gotta start and pay homage. 
you got to watch where it starts. You got to watch Twister. We just watched it this week. Well, my my sincerest apologies. It's been nine years. Two thousand thirteen. Oh. I think I remember. Somebody might have went back in time and changed that. Because there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, well, somebody went back to change that because that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it was May thirty first, so it's coming May thirty. So about fifteen days, yeah. Um, but large tornado outbreak and ended up the widest tornado on record over two miles. I think it was over two, two, mi- and, a two and a half miles. Yeah, I remember. In diameter. I rem- yeah, it was. I think it started. They didn't think it was going to be all that big when it started out. I, I remember. remember right. I watched that live on television because I knew there was an outbreak. And since I was a little kid, when there's crazy weather stories, I watch them. Because mm-hmm. I would be with my grandmother, and she was terrified of storms. She'd have the weather channel on if there was even a hint that something could happen. So I got on, and I was watching, and they said, well, it looks like this one's going to die off, folks, but it is on the ground, so watch yourselves. We're going to go live to so-and-so. And they went live to so-and-so, and the tornado ripped the back windshield out of their car Oof. as it was expanding, and they got swallowed up in it, and they barely escaped with their lives. Oof. And then you find out, they're like, let's go live to uh, Bettis, the, the dude Bettis, mm-hmm. and his car had been thrown into a field and rolled like 15 times. And I was like, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, that tornado is not weakening, folks. In fact, it's expanded a great deal. <laughs> and like, you see the tornado scar, like from space, mm-hmm. they can do that. It's very noticeable yeah. from space, like the damage path. And I'm like, Holy crap! I like, that's all I could say was just like, what on God's green earth happened down there? <laughs> I was still living at home when that happened. And I remember, like, because, you know, the, the cable TV sh- channels, they try to be play like a movie that relates to current events. I do believe Twister was shown probably around the clock on Twister TV. Twister and Christmas Vacation are now two that are on all year round because I've seen them both. Yeah. At all times of the year, Christmas what? Vacation was on today. Yeah. There's probably well, there's a channel on Sundays. They will literally play every vacation movie. They'll start with Vacation, um, going all the way to Wally World. Then they'll do European, then Christmas, then Vegas. Um, but. You know, it it's just it's crazy to think that. Yo, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's just crazy to think that these things. There's just been a lot of stuff that's happened that even people our age we've forgotten about, but yet we live through it. And at the time, it was a huge deal. And see, I don't think I've forgotten. And maybe it's because I'm a big fan of documentaries, but there's so much stuff I just distinctly remember. Like when, when Bill Clinton beat George Bush to win the presidency in 1991 or 92, because yeah. he took office in 93. You know, carry away there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just as plain as day watching the TV and they announced it, and my dad saying, "Well, that going," and I said. Oh, that Bill Clinton. My dad turned to me and said, Now, son, that man is the president now. You watch your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and then when, <laughs> when he got impeached, my dad was like, What? Well, sorry, sack of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what you, if you remember it, but my, and this is what I'm talking about with younger people, because it was so fun, that whole thing. Like, I'm sure it wasn't for Bill and Hillary and everybody else. Oh, no. But, 
Um, it was incredibly fun to watch, unfortunately, for everybody involved. Because of the way it got spun, my dad was legitimately more angry that he got caught doing what he did than he actually did it. You're kidding. No. He said, well, every president's doing that crap in there. He should have known better. I'm like, really, Dad? He's like, yes. Well, they always said Warren G. Harding was, he was a ladies man. Warren G. Harding had illegitimate children Mm -hmm. because... You know, his two and a half to three year presidency. So. I don't know. Well, and that was featured on Boardwalk Empire. That was actually an interesting story they did there because I didn't know this. There's evidence to suggest that the the character from Boardwalk Empire that Steve Buscemi's character was based on actually had one of the girls from Warren G. Harding's harem stay in Jersey while he ran for president. Really? I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into the truth behind that, but... It's a neat story. It was featured on Boardwalk Empire, so... um, And you you never know with Hollywood and all that, but, boy, they sure seem sure of themselves. They do take liberties. He did have illegitimate children, so... uh, Or the fact that John Tyler still, I believe, has a living grandchild, because he fathered a child in his 80s, and then his son fathered two kids in his 80s, and... I think one of them passed away in the last couple of years. There's still... I think it's like every... If you don't know what we're talking about, John Tyler was the 10th president of the United States, took over for William Henry Harrison, who died a month into his presidency. So we're talking, what, the 1820s? 1820, I think, yeah. But it It had to be 1820s or 30s, because the 40s presidents were terrible, and so were the 50s. Well, well, yeah. It's hard to tell on Zachary Taylor because he didn't really get a fair shake. But mm, 1841, so it's later than I thought. Yeah, he wouldn't wear. This man was from. Well, you know why he wouldn't? Because he was a man from the territory from the frontier, brother. I know he was a man <coughs> from the frontier. Brother, and you know they credit him as being from Virginia. I believe they don't even count him as an Indiana president. That's crap. I know. Here in Indiana, so we do. Harrison is. Benjamin Harrison, but he was. <coughs> but apparently, he was born in Virginia. But he was the first governor of Indiana. He helped conquer the Indiana Territory. But nope, old Tippecanoe, <sighs> Tyler Two. If you got the Tippecanoe Valley in your name, you're a Hoosier. I don't That's, yeah. I, and he wasn't a Boilermaker. That wasn't a thing in 1831. No, no. I mean, they were very far away. No, I mean, there were Boilermakers, but legitimate ones. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's insane if you think about it. I mean, but, I mean, if you listen to the conversation we're having now, you can't have this conversation with people anymore. People don't know. No. Well, it's like we were talking, and that, that, this is the premise of the show. I mean, the insanity of things that have happened that we live through, that there are kids today who have no idea about it. Or the only reason they do know about it is because it's taught once a year in their school. And once they move on from that, they'll never remember it. They'll never think of it. But Well, and, you know, yeah. you think about how kids see the world today. And... Honest to goodness, when they look back on the situation that's happened in the last couple years, 
Well, what happened during the pandemic? I don't know. Bill Gates or something. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, and this uh, this story has been bananas. Nobody's arguing that. Uh, it got deeper and deeper because I found out today from listening to some podcasts, some, some weird stuff the World Health Organization is doing, and Bill Gates is their second largest donor after the United States and ahead of Great freaking Britain. <laughs> like, well, now China's yeah. up there too. Yeah, and um, you know Bill yeah. Gates owns the most. He is the single largest farm ground owner in the in the nation. It's terrifying. Yeah, particularly when he talks about population control. He he owns a j- good chunk here in Indiana. People yeah, sell land to folks they don't really think about it. Uh, well, all the people who are buying up all the houses and whatnot, there's dark money behind that. Oh, so, I know, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I've I've pretty well decided. Um, there's a lot of good cliffs I'm familiar with. If it gets too crazy, we'll just get her done. You know what? I, I I don't know about because let, let me tell you something, folks. I was born, and you're gonna love this. Mm. I was born during the presidency of Ronald Reagan. I can remember. There you go. I can remember Ronald Reagan talking on television as the president. So let me tell you something. Ronald Reagan talked about freedom a lot. And he talked about the protection of our liberties a lot. It's one of the reasons he created Star Wars, whether it was in his brain or not, and destroyed the Soviet Union because freedom was his big thing. We had to be free. We had to protect our rights. And there is a scenario where if it gets to the point that our freedoms have been revoked too much, I have my red line. This world would not be worth living in. And that's the other thing that scares me. People do not remember. No. And they're letting it happen. They're... Where our rights are getting revoked and all the housing's getting bought up, the farming ground's getting bought up, people are just concerned about themselves. Yeah. And Reagan said, someday you'll sit around and talk about when men were free, and I'm afraid we're not that far from that. It, 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 it's a little spooky to, to say. I mean, and here's the, here's the other flip side of it. You've got guys who, and I've been one of them in the past, where you spout off and you say, well, you know, I'm not going to be like that. I'm just going to keep living my life and everything like that. That's great. That's awesome. Kudos to you for standing your ground. However, how long do you think you can you can hold out is the real question. Because I hate to break it to you, and this is, gonna, this is a horrible example. But it's the best one I can think of. You remember the Waco incident oh, in the yeah. 90s? Those people legitimately thought, I mean, and it looked like they could hold up for like a year or two and not even have to worry about leaving, doing nothing. And we saw how that panned out. And I'm not saying that the people who are have this mindset are, the Waco, are Waco or anything like that, but... I'm kind of with you. I mean, you kind of have to know where your line is, and I mean... Well, and and I'll, I'll elaborate, because, you know, people will think I'm a nut job. Maybe I am, but... Uh, eh, not anymore than anybody I else. Re- I remember during the pandemic when we crossed the line, and it, it's just the way I think about things, because those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. I remember during... The COVID-19 incident, as I call it, because I ain't calling it a pandemic. I don't know. It's just there's way too much weird stuff around it. 
the the stuff, yeah. the crap that happened. Um, I remember distinctly that New York set up a hotline where you could call and tell on your friends and neighbors for doing things that they had said you couldn't do. Didn't they do that in Germany in the 30s? They did. Yes, and that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's happening. And I remembered seeing a meme on Facebook, and I don't remember who to give credit for, but it wasn't mine. There was a picture of Hitler on the phone, and it was like a half cut, and on the other end was the mayor of New York. <laughs> and he was Hitler was saying into the phone, Oh, good, you told on your friends. You did the Reich thing. <laughs> And I remember, Matt, that depressed me. To, that was the worst week of it for me because I was like, oh my, we're doing this. Yeah, it's, it is. And I've got to tell you, my faith in humanity was restored. Because, folks, if you're not familiar with that story, and you ought to be because it was a good one, mm. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20,000 tips came in that were middle fingers or wiener pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, they Okay, get, we're they all right. We're, we're good. All right. We're good. <laughs> I mean, it's New York. I mean, it, it, I did they really think that, I mean... You I ain't pulling it off in New York or... They're lucky they didn't do it in Boston or guys oh, man. clubs. Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, I... I What's this? You think you're going to come around doing that in Boston? You ain't doing that around here. You go home, pal. You ain't doing that around here. <laughs> That's pretty good Boston. I know. I can drift in and out. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was no. for, for abrupt. It was, it was all right. My New York one's a little better, you know. But, uh, yeah, stuff like that. That Stuff like that bothers me because there were some people who defended the government's right to do it. And I'm like, the government has no right to know anything that I'm doing according to the Constitution Mm -hmm. unless someone lets them know, and it's really wrong. That's That's why I've never, even as a pastor, I've never been big on what people do in their own personal time. People who want to sleep with the same sex, people who want to do weird stuff in their house, people who want to collect, you know, balloons or well, I mean, whatever you want to do in your house. <laughs> I hate balloons. But whatever people want to do in their house, fine. If you would have asked my grandfather on Iwo Jima if he gave two squirts what anybody did, he'd said, no, I was fighting to give people the right to be themselves. Mm-hmm. We did not want Japan to take over. And I knew I had to take that island to, to preserve that freedom. Did you ever hear the Billy Gardell bit about landing on the beaches in Normandy? Yes. He's like, I feel a little anxious about what we're going to do. He's like, and this old guy jumps up and walk along, mother truckers, we're going in. Well, and on Normandy, that was a real story that happened because they got pinned down. and This old corporal, lieutenant, so he was a hired a corporal. Colonel. Lieutenant, colonel. He may have even been a general. I'm not sure. An older fella, like in his 40s, stood up and said, there's only two kinds of people on this beach. Dead and who are about to die. Move it. (laughs) And he just ran up the beach and there they went. And it's... You know what? But here's the thing with that. And this legitimately does drag me down. We don't have men like that anymore. We don't have people like that anymore. We do. We do, but, but it's getting fewer and further between, which is what scares me. Because there have been people, and whether you whether you like them or not, whether you think they're nut jobs or not, I tell kids this every day. 
The dissenting opinion that you hear is the most important opinion on earth, whether you like it or not, because it keeps you honest. Yeah. And there were people who dissented hardcore to a lot of the things that have gone on the last few years, and now we're starting to find out maybe they weren't so crazy. Yeah. That's that's the... Rand Paul is a physician, and he had a lot of people tell him he didn't know what he was talking about. I'm sorry, what? Like... <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to stand up? You were a bartender, and you're going to stand up and tell Rand Paul he's out of his mind? Rand well, Paul's a physician! <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, we make a joke. We, we say it a lot on this show. We look back at, you know, when you were able to, you know, when a man would come home from the factory, he'd be smoking all day. He'd come home, he'd shower, he'd clean up, and what's the first thing he did when he sat in his chair? He struck a cigarette. Or a cigar. Or a cigar. More than likely a cigar. Or how saucy he was. I mean, if he had a good week, if it was on payday, you better believe he had a cold beer in his hand, he had a cigar in the other, and all was right with the world. And there are, I guess, and I guess I was too broad. I mean, I'm still that way. I come home, if I've had a good week, I, I strike up a cigar, have a nice cold drink in my hand, and I enjoy myself. I, I relax. I because I know that I've put the effort, the work, into achieving something. We don't celebrate achievement anymore. We do, but it's with everybody getting a trophy. Everybody is the same level. And I, not to get off on a tangent, because I could talk all night about participation trophies. I think that at certain moments, it can be a good thing. For little bitty kids... Maybe, but you get up like they don't like they they. I remember when they started doing it in 4-H, and my dad had a stroke. Oh my gosh! We grew up in America. I mean, well, he hit trophies less. You deserve one. As a 10-year 4-H member, Dad, I remember I was in like the first or second year of 4-H. I turned my poster in my project. It was on um, small engines, and I had a participation ribbon that they had given me. Um, final judging hadn't happened yet. I came out, and he, I, he saw it, said, oh man, you won, and it was purple. First, you know, res- grand reserve. That's usually a reserve yeah. grand champion. He said, oh, you did it, you did pretty good, Matt. And he looked at it and said, why does it say participation, or participant? Well, it says I participated. He took that ribbon and chucked it in the trash, and he said, you ain't getting those no more. If you ever get another one, you better not let me see it. Then every single time, I would if I when I turned my stuff in for 4-H, I I pitched it, and I mean I, of course you save the big ones you know, but it just effort is the one thing that we don't have anymore. Nobody wants to do anything. Do you honestly think, in your honest opinion, if we were to go to war on the scale that we were in World War II, do you honestly think this country would do what we did? 70 years ago. I I do only because of where we're at technologically, and I believe there are still people in the world that are dedicated that if we were... Because there are some great people in our There military. are. If we were pushed against the wall, I believe this country could pull itself into a place where we could do it. However... I believe we're two or three generations away from me answering that question. No. 
because it gets it feels like it's getting a little less all the time because I see I see it you know it, there's a lot of kids at school that don't want to do anything mm-hmm. a lot of them a lot more than there used to be yeah but there's always five to ten of them that are overachieving that are doing incredible things and it just makes me think there's still a few of them left but uh, Am I confident I'm going to make it through the rest of my lifetime with things as... I mean, things aren't as good now as they were No. when I was younger. When I... You know, you know, we tried to impeach... We did impeach him, uh, but the Bill Clinton years were great. I remember... I, I remember <coughs> having everything I ever wanted. I remember Dad. My dad had a great job. Mm-hmm. My mom had a great job. I remember the Bill Clinton years very fondly, despite the fact of what he, he did. What he did... But um, I can remember Dad saying, "I mean, in the '90s, farming. I mean, farming was just—it was booming. I mean, it was—it was. You had some slow years. Don't get—you have slow years every time. Oh yeah. And I can even remember in the Bush years, there was times where I mean, there were some good years in the Bush yeah. years. But towards the end, they got carried away with some stuff. They did. Um, the I don't remember the Obama years being particularly bad, but it just the the last. Maybe fifteen years. To, uh, things are different. They are. It, and it, you've, it, it, it's like we're trying to get back to that awesomeness, that goodness of what we were. But the problem is, we're we're jumping in with both feet, and we're trying to. It's like we're trying to jumpstart it right then. But I think that's the mistake because the greatest presidencies and the greatest times in the history of this country were new. And innovative. Yes, you can't. George Washington birthed a nation. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! I mean, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln <clears throat> created an entire new nation, an entire new electorate, an entire new idea. I mean, FDR. I mean, well, you could even go to McKinley and Roosevelt years when the United States emerged as this great. They're a superpower. You know, um, industrial power. Yeah, I mean. And, then you go to the Wilson years when we became the world stage player. And then FDR when he said, you know what? Not only can we win this war, we can change the world. And those are when the greatest... I mean, Nixon had to quit because he was kind of crazy. Screwy. But, but, but I mean... He opened up with China. He created this whole new world where we were communicating, where there was hope. And... Bill Clinton, the the accords with Israel and Palestine, the accords and agreements with Mexico and Canada, those turned out to be rather rotten. But yeah. I mean, new innovative ideas are what drive it. And yeah, we are right now. Well, you remember the Clinton years? We'll go back to that. Or Trump's like, you remember the Reagan years? We'll go back to that. The Reagan years were great. Yeah, Clinton years were great. We can't go back to that. You you got to come. Not happen. The reason why something is, a, again, like you say, the reason why something is a success is because it's something that hasn't been done before. It's something that hasn't been tried. It could pop, it could fail in a million pieces. Oh, well. But you have to try. And again, that's where I say that is gone. The innovation has started to wane. And I'm not talking technological innovation or anything like that. Is it awesome that I can watch, you know, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, shout out uh, Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne, 
Um, Jimmy Stewart, who I believe became a lieutenant in the United States Air Force. You realize this man, he signed up. He was in the Army Air Corps in World War II. Um, before we had an Air Force, we had an Air, it was part of the Army. And the Navy also had a, a an air squadron as well, or a bunch of them. The um, and mm-hmm. all that. But, <clears throat> yeah, he was actually... Uh, I want to say Jimmy Stewart retired in like 67, 68. He was in the Air Force for like 20 years. Yeah, they. well, I watched a documentary on how Americans saw the beginning of American involvement in World War II, and they were talking about all the people who signed up. I believe, like, didn't Clark Gable Clark sign Gable up? Clark Gable signed up. Uh, um, uh, Joe Lewis, when he Joe, was the heavyweight champion, signed up. Um, and they said... Met- they said, Joe Lewis, the man who ended the career of Max Schmeling. <laughs> I was like, you're darn right he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, you just, and we probably do still have people like that, but. They're, they are out there. And I, one, of the, one of the neatest things I saw during, the, during this entire crazy period, we're probably going to look back and call it the pandemic or whatever. Mm. Um said that, have you ever wondered how you would have acted during Nazi Germany or during, you know, Japanese aggression or all this? He said, right now is when you're finding out. That, yeah. Like, in the United States, they tried to make us all think this. I, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm pushing it. They tried to make us all think and do the same thing. That, the United States is great because... We've never done that. We've never. I mean, even when we were founding this country. We fought I mean, a civil war over, over it. Yeah, I like, mean. We shot at each other for four years one time. Like, we will get real. Yeah, I mean. It, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just. that's And they call America the great melting pot. And rightly so. And today, one of the things I like about today is it is as much that as it has ever been. Exactly. That's one of the things I cherish about today. But you said it just in your last sentence as we're kind of winding down here. We forget the past so we don't understand what to expect from the future. Exactly. Well, we're going to get back to, you know, free markets and and this and this and think back to the Reagan years, great years. I don't want to go back to that. I want to know what can we do now that's different? What can we do now that's better? We have all this technology. We have all this growth as a nation. What can we do better now? Because, you know, thinking back to history, the men and women who died on foreign soil, because there were absolutely both. Nurses got killed by the Japanese and, you know, rescue teams. and There were all kinds of people that died at the hands of Nazis and Italians and Japanese, those people died so that we could be free. And I will never be in favor of anything that is a detriment to that freedom. No. And I will gladly protest it to the bitter end because, you know what, people who come from foreign lands here and earn their citizenship, people who live a different lifestyle than I do, Gosh dang it, they should be allowed to do whatever they freaking want. As long as they ain't hurt nobody. That's what those people died for. That's America. And yes. That's America. 
And right now we are in the midst of something I'm just not comfortable with where we are told to act a certain way, to think a certain way. Dude, shut up. And it's But here's the thing, Glenn, and you may disagree with me on this, but it wouldn't be the first time. It's not necessarily just the government. No, it, it's, we're it's, actively playing a part in yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's not the government just telling us this. It is literally, there are fringe groups out there who are, they're, they're a very small group, but they have the biggest mouthpiece. They have the biggest mega, you know, megaphone. And they're the ones who are stamping their foot saying, well, you know, this needs to be this. You know, you need to accept this. You need to, you know, embrace this. No, don't. Because I'm an American. Just the same as you are. And that's the beauty. I have my right to an opinion. I have my right to believe what I want to believe. That's the beauty of it. It's guaranteed under the First Amendment. Right, you know, right above that great Second Amendment thing, you know. And that's, that's why I dig and why I still believe in humanity in America. Because every now and again, I'll see a kid come into school with their Trump stuff, Trump 2024. Mm-hmm. One of the funniest things I ever saw was there was a cahoot in a third grade class one time, and a kid had Trump 2023. And I was like, honey, I think you're off a year. <laughs> <laughs> I love the passion of it. But even people who wear shirts for the squad, the four representatives, mm-hmm. the female representatives, or uh, people who express their desire to have the Second Amendment, or people who express their passion about abortion rights, whatever it is, when I see that at a school, it makes me feel a little better because that kid thinks for themselves. Exactly. They are not going to hear it from you, and they're not going to hear it from anyone else. They have a structure of beliefs in their head, and they're going with it. And it's not popular, and that's what I like about it. That's, and when that, you go against the grain that hard, you think for yourself. And that's what we need. And when we forget history, the greatest Americans you can think of were unpopular in their day. Exactly. Abraham Lincoln had, what was it, 11 states leave the Union over him. Yeah. Because he had he had a couple ideas like well you know we can embrace this we can do this and it's literally eleven states lost their minds because of it and I mean and to the point where he was in danger of losing the second election if Sherman had not taken Atlanta Abraham Lincoln may be one of the great failures of our mm-hmm. time FDR was in a wheelchair he was exhausted in 1940. But he ran again because he didn't trust anyone else to do it. And he flew all over the world. And he probably died an early death because of because he would not give up on getting rid of Nazi Germany and Japan. He just, the it, greatest, and, and he was rather unpopular with a lot of people for running a third and fourth time. <clears throat> but he felt that was necessary. It, it was. I mean, people praise John F. Kennedy because... He did some very unpopular things during his presidency. I mean, the greatest Americans you can think of, Amelia Earhart, Lindbergh, they've all, Walt Disney, they've all got little welts, little flaws mm-hmm. in their pasts, but they took chances. Exactly. They thought for themselves. Milton Hershey failed, what, 400 times before he finally got it right? Well, now there's a town in Pennsylvania named after him. Well, I mean, if you look at the great innovator of, and I actually used this in a sermon a couple weeks ago, you know, the great innovator of Henry Ford. 
The man failed three times before he finally developed a company that, well, in your garage, we've got two of his products. In my garage, under my carport, we've got got three three products. I've got two at my house. Dad's got a bazillion of them. And I mean, but I mean, it was at a failure. And Walt did speak it. Did you know that Walt Disney was rejected? I think it was 400 times over Mickey Mouse. He literally pitched it to, I don't know, I think it was like 400 you know, newspapers or whatever, rejected all those times. And filed bankruptcy twice, I think. And, um, you know, and there's a great quote, and I actually, that's the reason why I looked it up as we wrap up. And it's a quote, if you've seen the movie Meet the Robinsons, it plays on the end of it. And it plays, and the theme plays throughout the whole thing. I love Meet the Robinsons. But the quote is, I love that movie. Oh, it's, it is, it's such a good movie. It's a great My wife can't stand it. I love that movie. I love it. It's such a good movie. Of course, you got Rob Thomas singing the you know the song at the end of it, which... Well, it, it, isn't that the one with the T-Rex? Yes. I've got then, a big head, little arms. And at the end, like they discover that he's the younger version of the dad. And yeah. And really touching moments. Mm-hmm. Like he meets his older self, and it's, it's like... It's a very touching moment. The very like last ten minutes you know, don't of Don't give it. up on yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah, this, this is who you become. What what give what always oh, gets Brad Paisley to it. Oh. Have no fear. These are nowhere near the best years of your life. Exactly. I mean, it's there's a scene in that, and he said, "You want to see my greatest invention?" Because he was an inventor. Yeah, and he looks at this thing. It's like buzzing and all this. He said, "Nuh-uh, back there," and he says this line, and it's a. I know they took it straight from Walt's mouth, but he said, "This was our first real invention." It's the one that started it all. And I, for some reason, I just have always stuck with that. And you look at moments that happen, especially raising a kid now, you know, you look at things that happen, and I said, the, you know, the, the events that happen, this, this is what start, this that's the one that's going to start it all. The first toy tractor I gave her, whatever, and she played with it till the wheels fell off. That's what started it all. And the quote is... Around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. The great Walt Disney. Friends, I know we've ragged on how, and it may sound like two old men on a rockin', on the rockin' board. very far from the truth. Mm. Stay out of my garbage! But... I too told two kids at church this morning that they were messing around the pulpit. And I said, stay out of my garbage. And they said, what, where is it? I was like, just stay out of it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I mean. I actually said the line this morning in my in my message, and I'm letting it sit, and I'm going to see if anybody asks me about it. I said, uh, you know, I had a grandfather who fought the Japanese in the most violent battles in human history. And I worked the polls. I believe wholeheartedly in your right to vote and choose who your leaders are. But I can tell you that God's honest truth. In all the elections I've ever served, I have not given one care who won. <laughs> because my faith is in Jesus Christ. Exactly. And whoever is the president can be voted out. Exactly. I'm not going to put my faith in someone who's temporary and flawed. Well, and again, the, the syncrasy. I mean... 
I taught this morning. My message, the message was about, you know, I talked about auctioneering. Mm-hmm. Big shocker, I know. I had somebody ask that I would wish, I wish you'd get up there and incorporate and you'd do some auctioneering, some bid calling, from the pulpit because I just love hearing it. I think that's me. Probably, it could, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, it was a lady in the in the in the congregation too. Two, two, we get two, to get two, two, to get two. You know, and I likened it to, you know, when we're at an auction, we were willing to go ham and buy something and just pay stupid money for it, twice what it's new, what it is new. And I correlated to how much are we willing to give in the service of Christ's kingdom. Um, kind of a you know a ham-fisted approach, but oh well. Um, but I said. I, I, you know, I was rattling off and I said, we're willing to give 110% of our attention to watching, keeping up with this show, this TV show, you know, with polit- you know, with politics, whoever. And the simple fact is, you're more, you can tell me exactly who won the election and what they've done right and what they've done wrong since then, but you can't tell me when somebody on the street asks you who Jesus is, you clam up, and I'm sorry. I I think there's a little bit of a divide there. Where your faith needs to be. Exactly. But well, I think we're gonna wrap it. It's gonna be a short episode, folks. I I got in late and started you working feeding, ground. You were feeding the world. Bro. I am. We started working ground. Planting season 2022 has started for the Heath boys, and we're. <sighs> It's going to be a long, long week. Uh, got rain coming in tonight, which I'm not exactly horror, uh, upset about. Um, hopefully melt some of them clods. So, folks, we appreciate you listening to us. Again, remember this. You are entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to think how you want to think because you know why? This is America. The last time I checked. And, and it still will be as long as we've got folks like you listen out there who can think for themselves. Glenn, as always, take us on out. Well, we pray the Lord bless you this week, all the folks heading out to the fields. If you're listening to us in the fields, God bless you for your work. And if you're not, uh, we still want to thank you for listening and we pray for you as you face whatever is coming towards your way this third full week in May. So I think it's the third full week in May. Yeah. Uh, good night, Lindy and Kessid. Good morning, Vladivostok. We'll give Putin a break this week. Tag with you, Medvedev. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody.